Yeah, it just seems like even like in Netflix, you just skip it. So I'm like, what's the point? Let's yeah. just get to the meat of it. Everybody you know I mean? skips an intro. I know I do all the time. I don't like it's YouTube like, intros. They're, they're yeah, annoying me. It's, it's like after a while, you're like, I get it. I know who you are. Like, I'm here, obviously. <laughs> exactly. I found you, right? Like, I had to search your name exactly. to watch this. So it's like, yep. I know why I'm here. Yep. But you know what? <laughs> It's all good. Maybe our generation will be the first to cancel the intro. I would love that. I feel like that's where we're headed. Let's cancel something like that's good, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Not just regular people living their life. Exactly. I'm having an opinion. Uh, but <laughs> I guess, like, I... This is the first time that I've ever met you. And I will say, like, I have been watching you from afar and just, like, blown away by, like, all the creative things that you do. Like... I am a fan like it's just so beautiful to see how you express yourself and to like be your authentic self and like to leverage like the the skills that you're learning to also teach others like to me that is so beautiful and so for me I'm like really happy that you agreed to be on the pod because like (laughs) I really just wanted to know who you are and like hear about your story and like how you ended up kind of just in this place like being an incredible creative especially from the island so yeah. Can you, yeah, like, like, what, what is the story of Devony? Like, like, Whew. where um, does it start? Yeah. <laughs> well, it starts all the way in Holland. I was just born um, <laughs> as a Sagittarius. No, um, <laughs> I'd say that you know a lot of times it's I wonder if it's nature or nurture, and I think it's been a bit of both. I come from a pretty creative family in the sense of that my mom was always into. Um, graphic design and interior design and all of those things and my grandmother besides of the many things that she studied she studied fashion design and photography and my grandfather is a writer well was a writer wow. he passed so I yeah from that there was just so many different ways for me to go and I've always been creative and I think it's just because of my autism that I get fixated like mm. once I like something that's what I'm gonna go for until I can perfect it So it kept going and then going through trying to figure out who I am as a person. And I just started expressing that through art. And many times it's like expressing what you think. Like I would always write something and then try to create visuals for that. And sometimes it's just experimenting and wondering why, you know, life is life. I feel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is so awesome. I guess, like, so when did you move to the island? Or, like, when did you come to St. Martin? Because mm, yeah, I know see. you've lived, you've spent some time there as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I would consider St. Martin my home. Um, I was born in Holland, and then I, my mom moved when I was six. So then we were in Curacao for four years. And then at 10, yeah, at 10, I got to St. Martin. And then... I was there for about six, seven years, something like that. And then I moved because of the hurricane. So I had to come back. Um, It wasn't planned. It was just like, get out before the hurricane so that you're safe. And then it was like, well, your home is basically not there. So you have to stay here now. So yeah, yeah, that's just how it all started. But St. Martin's really my home because like, that's my teenage years there, the, the puberty, all the the things that really ground you in a place and make you feel really connected. I think I have formed one of the best friendships and experiences and been through all the good and bad stuff there. So that's my home no matter what. 
Yeah, I I agree. I don't know. I now live in the states, and for me, like St. Martin, it's just it's you. There's no place that beats it. Like I don't know yeah. what it is. Like there's just not nothing can come close to making me feel like how I feel when I'm there. Exactly. Just like it's like 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 a warm hug. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just so like it's welcoming. so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's really easy to just be yourself there. I feel yeah. and. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I don't know what about the island makes it that way. I don't know if it's just the energy there. I wish I knew. I mean, I hope we don't find out because someone will probably <laughs> try to copy Capitalize that. Capitalize. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but the man, St. Martin is just such a magical place for those who really like have grown and become themselves there. You know, I definitely. Who I was in St. Martin is not who I am now, but it's a big reason as to how I am. You know, yeah. um, I would never change it for a soul. Like, I love it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like the more I look back, the more I just I can't help but smile because mm-hmm. I'm just like, damn, like it is so magical. And I was mm-hmm. so blessed to even be born there. And like just thinking of like the odds of being born there, I'm just like, damn, like. That is just incredible in and of itself. Like, my life has already been so amazing just Mm -hmm. because I was born there. And it's something I feel like we take for granted sometimes when you, when at least I was there, I was always like, it's so hot. It's, these people don't know what they're doing. The internet is shit. Like, I just want to leave. The internet, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I just want to, I want to, you know, do stuff and I can't do stuff here. And like, when you leave, you're like, okay, yeah, I can do stuff abroad, but the people aren't the same mm-hmm. like it's, just, it's it's interesting but i will say you're the first person i've met other than myself that refers to themselves as a renaissance woman really and when i saw that i was like no way like cuz i swear like cuz for me when like this was kind of around the time when i was trying to figure out like you know people were asking you in school like what do you want to be like who is your role model? And I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Like, Why I am I supposed know. to know? Like, And I was like, there's nobody. Because, like, the whole point of a role model is, like, someone you look up to and you want to be like them. Like, uh-huh. And I was like, there's nobody whose life I wanted. Like, uh-huh. like, there's nobody who had a journey that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the exact struggle I want to go through. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, reading we were learning about like the renaissance and we were learning about like leonardo da vinci and like he was this dude that he was a scientist he was an inventor he was a doctor he was an artist he was a philosopher and they referred to him as a renaissance man and i was like that's it like i want to be someone that's not just good at one thing but because i'm super curious i'm good at many things and so like because for me it's like this whole idea of having one job your whole life like oh god yeah i'm like kill me now like this is ridiculous like what the hell like how how is someone supposed to do one thing their whole life and expect that to fulfill them i'm like that doesn't make sense like wouldn't your spirit as a human just be curious to want to try other things? And yeah, like there's no way. And succeed at other things. And so I realized I was like, well, I want to be a Renaissance woman because I'm not a man. So I was like, screw, we'll, we'll edit that part out. Um, and I was like, yeah, I want to be a Renaissance woman. But this was just something that I had made up in my head. I was like, okay, this is what you want to be. But mm-hmm. nobody else like I had ever met referred to themselves as a Renaissance woman. So I'm curious, like, what how did you um become to identify with like being a renaissance woman um 
I'd say that I've always had this kind of like anxiety when someone would ask me like, oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, well, I don't want to tell you my whole life story. So yeah, um, like, what do I pick in this moment so that it sounds kind of accurate? So I always used to say artist um, because I love doing a lot of things creatively. But I felt mm. like, you know, I'd say artist and people would be like, oh, like drawing. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. one of those things. Sure. Um, and it would just never compare. Um, but I was how I kind of got this definition of myself. I just used to say I do everything. And this guy that I was talking to had a crush on super great. Woohoo. Um, he was asking me what I do. So I just went down the whole line of my life. And he's like, oh, okay, so like, uh, a Renaissance man, but a woman. And I was like, yeah, so a Renaissance woman. And I was like, what the fuck? I've known this forever. And I've yeah. never associated that term with myself and from there I thought that that was the best way I could describe myself and you know like that's what I want to put on my business card you know like those type of things it's it's the best thing I could have identified as and that made me so happy once I drew that connection right that is so beautiful yeah because it's like I feel like it's just like you're you're just naturally feeding your curiosity and like like you said you're you're driving that to perfection and I feel like I'm kind of the same way like when I'm into something and I'm putting my effort into creating it I want it to be amazing like yeah. I want it to be perfect which is mm-hmm. in the real world unattainable because what is perfection but it's like you strive for like this standard in your head because you have like a very clear vision of what it is mm-hmm. you're trying to create what you're trying to manifest and it's like you're trying to get to that exactly. and like you know what that is and it's hard to explain it to other people because they're like well this looks good but you're like no 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 like you're no, not you're not. not seeing the what I'm seeing okay yep. you don't so get just it bear with me yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly but it's so interesting because it's like sometimes I feel like it's so frustrating to to be a renaissance woman because it's not something that fits into our conventional like society like yeah. where you have one career and like you're supposed to be good at one thing and people only want to come to you for one thing and I'm just like ah like that just mm-hmm. seems so suffocating like yeah like you're putting a cage on your potential and it's like we have this unique life to live like why would you only want to explore one avenue? Like, isn't the point to just pretty much try everything? Exactly. We have this one life. We might as well just try everything that we want, whatever we have interest in. Exactly. Um, you know, I guess I learned that from my grandmother. She has about 20 certificates and different things. And Awesome. And she just, she started really late because she had kids so young, got married at like 18. So her whole life, a big part of her life was taking care of her kids. And then I think when she finally decided to give herself this freedom, she started just, you know, taking all of these um, studies and doing all these things. Like now she's a major in French and she's fashion design and photography and she just does everything. And because I saw her do that, that she's still doing that right now as well. That's awesome. I'm like, I why wouldn't I do that? You know, it makes so much sense. And she really like always raised me to understand that because it was just me and my, my grandma and my mom for a while. You know, I didn't have a dad in my life until I was like eight. So it was really great to have that like woman strength and energy around me. Yeah. I feel like for me, like 
my mom was definitely the person and even my dad too that just let me like whatever it is i wanted i was curious about like they were just like yeah go ahead try try mm-hmm. it you know you don't know just just give it a try why not try give it try it try your best see what happens and they always supported my curiosities like they were never like oh Arsha, you can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you shouldn't do that. They were like, yeah, if you can figure it out, sweetie, do it. Exactly. And sure enough, I was like, bet. <laughs> don't ask. Don't question. Again, we on it. Yep. Like, I was telling my friends the other day, like, when I was, um, I forget, it was like in middle school. And I we read this book and it was so amazing. And I, I loved it. It was like, I was a huge fan of this book that I found the author because I was like in love with the book. I needed to find this woman and tell her how much I love the book. So I emailed her and I was like, yeah, like the book is amazing. And at this time, I really wanted to be a a, a director of films because really? I love cinema. I love movies. I would watch like all of the classics in black and white. Like I was super into it. And so I was like really obsessed with wanting to write. And so I I wrote her and I was like, yeah, I love the book. Like, it's amazing. And she wrote back and was like, oh, that's so awesome. And then me being like the kid like that knew no limits wrote her back and was like oh yeah you should totally make it into a movie I could totally be your writer like just <laughs> let me know we can make it happen and obviously she did not respond to no that, she was email, like which crushed okay. me <laughs> yeah no which crushed me because I was like I was like this is such an amazing book I'm like this would be such a great movie like why wouldn't she want it to be a movie like it's so good mm-hmm. and I was so frustrated and I went to my dad and I'm like dad like I don't understand like why wouldn't she answer me like what the hell and he was like why don't you write your own book write your own movie yeah and guess what I did and it was so crazy because like I was in middle school and I just sat down and I had like I and I was telling my friends literally the whole like plot to it yesterday and they were like wow like this is amazing like you wrote this when you were in middle school I was like yeah like I wrote it into a screenplay then I turned it back into a book because I was like, oh, like, I think people need to read it before it becomes a movie. So, like, mm. we have, like, a fan base, you know, mm-hmm, like Twilight mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. like, your Divergent or anything like that. And I, But I was a kid on the island, and so nobody would publish my book, even no. though I went to the local publishing houses, and they were like, this doesn't fit our genre, so we're not going to publish this. And I was a kid, so I pretty much, it's been sitting on my thumb drive ever since. But it's kind of just to show, like, this just innate curiosity and drive and my parents just let me do it you know they even when I was like let's find Will Smith and send him a copy of my screenplay my mom was like let's find Will Smith and send him a copy that's (laughs) like like, the best thing that's how parents gotta raise their kids because exactly if you don't teach yourself to be okay with this curiosity and follow it you become so trapped and there's nothing else that will like come to you or that you will go for Mm, yeah and it's just like it's I think like the older you get too like you you feel like I, I read this like quote where it was like uh the more you like define yourself the more you like constrain yourself so it's like the more like you give yourself an identity mm-hmm. that 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 becomes a label that confines you so it's yeah. like if you go and you get your degree in one field now people only want to come to you for information in that field when it's like, well, you're still a person that's curious, that's learning all the time, that you may have skills outside of your degree, but people only want to look at you for what your degree is in, which to me is very like infuriating because I'm like, I'm more than just an engineer. Like that's just one skill set that I have, but yeah. I can do other things. Like why wouldn't you want to use 
that too. Exactly. But we're so used to, I mean, that dates all the way, way back when, when it's like, oh, you know, the baker down the road and you know this. So man, it sucks because one day, you know, you're going to find an interest in something else and you're going to go, oh, but no, I'm a baker. I can't, I can't do that. Why, why would I do that? I already have this. So yeah. I just got to calm down, go back and keep doing what I'm doing. That's so unfulfilling because you're not, you know, like listening to your gut or anything because of this need to be associated with one term. I, I can't imagine that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like the whole labeling convention that humans have. I think mm -hmm. it's one of the cutest and most ironic and like <laughs> hilarious things about being a human is like our need to label everything yep. and like have it fit into a box and yep. like be like you, you got to fit in this box if you don't fit in this box and it's all anarchy and we can't cooperate as a society if everyone <laughs> doesn't fit in their box yep. and I'm like wait a minute why do we need these boxes like what do these boxes have to do with anything exactly like, how don't. do they help it, they don't, you know, if anything, they make shit more confusing because yeah. now what do you do with the people that don't fit in the boxes and literally can't fit in the boxes and you're trying to shove them in the box? Like, exactly. You know, it doesn't all, work. It makes no sense. It's like also a lot of times it just goes with every single thing, whether it's race, sexuality, it just keeps going. Like if you're consistently marking other at a certain point, you feel like you're not human, you know, yeah. then you're like. There's no definition here that I feel like I can apply to or that I feel like I can work with. Um, like it just makes no sense. One of my friends, she's um, biracial. So she was like, I don't know. Do I put white or black? Feel that struggle. I was like, girl, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But so, you know, and I never... I don't know. I never put black. I would always put other because same. My 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 mom or yeah, mostly my my mom and my parent, my dad. They didn't raise me to not not identify myself, but not identify myself as a black person because of the taboo on. I'd say specifically more like Curacao. Yeah, yeah, where it was like okay, well, black sounds bad, so you don't. We can't associate you with that, even though. You know, if we have to go into ethnicity, you know, like that it, is what you are. That's yeah. what I am. And we just keep going. And I wasn't I was raised with like white privilege. That's how my parents mm. raised me. So when you're on the island like that for so long, it's fine because, you know, yeah. there's there isn't really much um, racism for you to notice yeah. or that's directed at you more yeah, on this exactly. island were being racist to people that are lighter than us or so when i finally go to new york for summer school i'm like this is great i'm like maybe i'm 12 I'm like oh my god i'm in new york i'm in summer school yeah. for fashion this is amazing like i'm yeah. living the dream exactly. and i get there and immediately like my i notice my whole class is just all white girls and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, I'm 12. So, but nobody wanted to hang out with me. And I, I started yeah. thinking, like, my mom raised me to understand that sometimes if people don't like you, it doesn't mean that they're jealous of you. It just means that maybe you're not their cup of tea and that's okay. So I was like, cool. 
I'm not anybody's cup of tea. So I really took it to the dramatic extent of like, okay, no one likes me and it's my fault, you know? Damn. Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool, no problem. Went to summer school again the next year. And that's when I started noticing, like when I was 13, that it was racism because of how the questions they were asking me about where I'm from. They're like, oh, you live in St. Martin? Cool. Is I thought that was just like a place for like vacations. I don't know that people live there. And I was like, no, wow. no, people, people live there. And they're like, so what's it like living there? I'm like, well, you know, just like this, we just don't have skyscrapers. But for the rest, um, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much the same. And all these questions or then asking me like, what do I eat? And, um, you know, do you put on sunscreen? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, everyone. These are some weird questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, you don't want to know my favorite color. I thought we were trying to get to know. Yeah, each other. exactly. So I don't know. I, then I started understanding that. And I think it was only till I went to Holland last year and maybe a little bit before that, where I was proudly identifying myself as a black woman. I couldn't. It, it just it didn't make sense to me. It wasn't until um, a friend of mine, my best friend, Devon, when he told me like, oh, but you know, you're um, a talented black woman. And it was the first time that someone referred to me in that way where I felt mm. as though that was correct, that I felt like, wow. yeah, I am. And it, it felt so beautiful. And I was finally able to proudly associate myself as a black person, a black woman, you know, and. It was weird for my mom to hear me say that as well. She'll see me post something and she's like, oh, I see that you're saying that, you know, you're, you're black. I'm like, well, I am. And so are you. <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell you, um, but you are and I am and we all are. And, yeah. you know, she's since grown from that as well, because for her, it came back for her childhood and all those things. You know, everything dates back to a reason. Yeah. Now for a message from our sponsors. And it, it's it's I think especially in the Caribbean like the effects of that mindset like is rarely discussed you know like we there's a lot of things i feel like within our region we kind of just sweep under the rug mm -hmm. and assume like everything is gonna be all right hakuna matata you know <laughs> like we're in the caribbean life oh, is great god. yep oh my god let's not talk about all of our colonial you know colorism racism yes. shit that we have all of the pedophilia all all that shit Let, let's not pretend yeah that, that happens it's not what there mean? life is good we're, we're in the caribbean yay yeah look, life. exactly um, look at our water like, bro like, bro this is this is not okay but i honestly like to hear like someone else say like oh yeah i always had to identify as other like i feel so seen because literally when like i was a kid it's always been a struggle with my identity because i'm indian and black Mm. and i don't look like your typical indian person like i feel like most people if they saw me wouldn't like indians especially outside of st martin when i tell them i'm indian they're surprised they're like mm. wow really like are you oh. sure like <laughs> yeah like, yeah are you sure um 
And I'm like, why would I lie about about that? Uh, I don't know why I would lie, but it, it's interesting because it's like when I filled out like my SAT, my PSATs, um, and they ask you about your race because in America everything is about race. Yep. I would always be like, I don't know because like I can't pit Indian and black. That's not an option. So mm-hmm. I would always put other. And I remember my college counselor was like, well, Harsha, you're smart. And pretty much he was saying, like, you're smarter than, like, the average black person in the United States. So you should put black instead of Indian on your uh, ethnicity because it'll make you look better in the in the like the admissions process, which to me, low key was like what the hell it's so backhanded like (laughs) like yeah because i'm like on one hand you're insulting my people and on the other hand you're telling me how to get into college which is what i want but it's like in a way that's like demeaning Mm -hmm. to like my entire racial group and ultimately i i did that and i guess it worked in my favor because i did get into you know schools but it was just like this entire time i i always had to choose between Mm -hmm. was i black or was i indian and Mm -hmm. like I felt like the only place that understood my story was C. Martin because people knew me. They knew who my parents were. So, like, I didn't have to explain my whole backstory of, like, yes, my mom and my dad. My dad's Indian. My mom is black. Mm -hmm. They had me. Boom. Child. You know? But, like, when I moved to the States, it's, like, they don't – they just look at skin color first. So it's like they just look at you. Like you said, they a bunch of white girls just saw black and they were like, oh, she's a black girl. And just put you in that boss. And they're like, okay, so she must be like this. Exactly. Um, And even like when I came to the States, it was really awkward for me because as much as I do identify as a black woman, I don't feel like I have this like colonial burden on my shoulders. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't feel like I have that weight on my heart because I, like you said, never really encountered racism on the island. It was not something that was ever brought to my attention nobody ever made fun of me because of my race nobody yeah. ever told me I didn't have potential because of my race like mm-hmm. these were never issues that I ever had to deal with mm-hmm. and when I came to the states and I you know okay I go and I try to hang out with the black kids because I look like them mm-hmm. I feel like culturally I can relate to them better than I can with Indians because with Indians you're dealing with an entirely different type of cultural norms and that ties to gender stereotypes too which Mm -hmm. is even more frustrating for me and so but then when I go hang out with them I realize like their version of blackness is completely different from mine Mm -hmm. and I couldn't fit into that definition of blackness because it's just not who I am like I refuse to look at the world as they are the enemy and they're trying to suppress me because to Mm -hmm. me like that's I don't want I don't want to live in a world where I feel like people are out to oppress me like I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be my best self regardless of where the hell I am and it was just interesting and I felt like it, it created this divide because I realized like even though I was black like I was still in this other, you know, I was still other, even mm-hmm. though I was, you know, and it, it was just weird. But I, at this point, I feel like I just, this is who I am. Like, I embrace yeah. who I am. I embrace my culture on both sides. And to me, it's not something that I feel like I have to give up. And I don't even feel like I have to explain it. So it's like, if I tell you I'm Indian and you don't believe me. Well, that's your problem. That's your problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because... Like, I am done, like, having to explain why I don't speak Hindi fluently exactly. or why I don't know mm-hmm. everything that I need to know to be qualified as you're part of this race group. Like, I mean, yeah. and if you fuck with me, you will get all of this awesomeness. And if you don't, hey, on to the next. There's, like, this um, 
you know what you were saying about feeling like you're always in this group of other I had that for so long and you know then I was finally able to identify myself and then when I went to the Netherlands and I was doing like um night school after like just a course mm. it was always once a week at night I'm done with school it's in Amsterdam that's freaking cold it's like winter so you know like you're all covered up and every single time it did not fail it was always the same way the same police officers would stop me like where are you going and i'd be like home like it's late like it's like yeah Yeah. why are you out this late i'm like i had school i'm like who has school that finishes at nine o'clock i'm like me right here like uh, yeah and and other people like (laughs) it's it doesn't sound uncommon yeah it doesn't at all always you know like checking where are you going this follow me to like get to like the um and all those things and it was just it was so frustrating and even a time where that had to do with being a woman but i went and i was going home it was late maybe almost 2 a.m and this guy is following me so I go to the police officer at the train station. I'm like, hey, this person's following me. And I, my house is like 10 minutes away, but I just don't feel safe. Yeah. So they were like, okay, no problem. Well, I'll walk with you. So we go all great. And then he escorts me home. And when I get home, he's like, well, what did you expect that guy to do with how you're dressed? Like, and I was like, excuse me? I was just wearing regular like shorts right above the knee and a crop top. And all of a sudden it was my fault that I was being followed because of how I'm dressed. And he was like, you know, you know how it is for people like you, you know, like you got to be careful. I'm like, I hate when they say people like you, that <laughs> shit is a microaggression in and of itself. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like, oh that just made God. me want to punch you in the face. The minute that you say people like you, mm-hmm. like, it's like your eyes roll because you're like, OK, I see. I see what this is. Like, exactly. And it's just like, I don't need to hear it. I'm just trying to go home. Like, it's so exhausting that I mean, the you got to be a woman and then you got to be black. Or then just, man, you know, it's life. And it's so, so exhausting. And it makes me not want to have kids because then I got to bring my kids into all of this type of this stuff. Shit. I can't. Exactly. I, I can't do that. It's just too exhausting. And well, my Apple Watch is like <laughs> going. Um, it's exhausting. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine bringing kids into this world when it's like this. And so that's why I'm just going to have dogs, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. the fuck? I'm on the fence because it's like, a part, there's a part of me that's like, I want to have a kid just because I, I mm-hmm. would love to be able to raise a human and mm-hmm. like to see them grow and to see them thrive and to see them like challenge themselves and stumble and like get back up and be stronger. Like that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's like, again, like, I have to weigh that with the bullshit of everything else. And that is a growing pile. Yeah. It's like, you really can't protect them. And I like, 
and then it makes me look back at my childhood and then I'm like so grateful for my parents because I'm like holy shit y'all did a fantastic job like really because like I can only imagine like the amount of just shit out in the world that like you have to deal with and it's like I feel like we don't give people enough credit to wake up every day and to be alive every day to Honestly. deal with this shit because it is like you said exhausting it's exhausting to like have to move through this world when you know like all of these labels are being applied to you that are constraining. It's like chains, you know, and you literally mm-hmm. can't do anything about it because it's not even you. It's like everybody else and how they look at you. Oh, it's so and frustrating. you can't change that. Like you mm-hmm. literally are powerless to change that. Yeah. Your whole life is determined by ev- everyone else's opinion. You know, that that's how everything's going to go based on their perception of you, on how they feel about you. And that's how your life is going to go. And then where you just fight the good fight and it never ends. You just keep fighting. <laughs> and like, damn, I'm tired of fighting. I can't. I Nobody wants to fight. I feel that. But I feel like it's interesting because I don't feel like older people. Like, I don't know if they <laughs> don't think about this started. stuff. Like, no, they don't. I'm just like, do, do you, are you guys like aware? Like, I'm like, we have one life one life on this beautiful paradise called earth the only marble in this whole plethora of space and darkness and emptiness where we have water food rainbows mountains lakes some of the most beautiful animals in the world Mm -hmm. the best fruit all this shit and you want to tax a mother you know you want to you want to deal with taxes they don't care like work (laughs) Old you want to deal with all of these care. labels Mm-mm. you you want to like just just trudge away meaninglessly just to collect more crap and i'm just <laughs> so like stupid and then it's like you work for a job that's stressing you out about creating more crap like that mm-hmm. we don't need in the world and then i'm like why like why why it's, what, it's what, funny what is this doing for you like no how idea. is this how is this working because it's they're the same people that will complain about how difficult their job is like do you know how much time and energy and how much stress how many sleepless nights do you know the last time i saw my wife i'm like first of all ain't nobody told you to get that job like that's all you and people use that as clout like to to fulfill their ego to make up for the the shit that they Mm -hmm. have to do what they justify it to themselves by creating clout and i'm like that is straight up delusional, bro. It like, really that is. is. It, it like textbook delusions forming. So bad, so bad. I can't. I can't with old people. I cannot. I cannot. My grandma. And I'm just like, wait, where's uh-uh. you're the kid? Like, what happened to the kid in you? Like, yes. who killed them? Uh, I wish. I wish they would understand that, but they're so stuck in this. Like, well, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm like, no but shit. you are like, <laughs> but you are yeah. like, nothing's changed. It's just your meat body has gotten older. You know, the bones aren't growing as fast as they used mm-hmm. to. But that kid is still there. Like it's mm-hmm. never left you. It's just like other people telling you, you need to grow up. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what kills that. the kid. That's you what, know what does I mean? it. Ridiculous. No, it makes no freaking sense. Can't stand it ridiculous 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 i Uh I mean i pray i i mean i heard like because of covid and everything there's like a labor shortage so more people don't want to go to work anymore because they realize like it's shitty Mm -hmm. uh 
but it's like i feel like especially in this world where we have like fiverr and like upwork like why do you need employees like i really struggle with like why companies feel like they they need somebody to devote their life to this like to working when like we all know nobody wants to do that shit for real nobody 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 wants to do it you know Mm -hmm. we do it because well, you need a paycheck because you exactly. need to be a big boy now, and you you gotta you gotta pay rent, and yep. you know there's insurance, which is a scam, and you need you need health care, and you need this, and you need, oh, you need all this stuff God. to be an adult. And I'm like, fuck this! Like, Mm-mm. why does it have to be this way? Like, I it's just I don't understand it. it. It makes no sense. And I'm mm. like, there's I don't understand how this benefits people. Like, as much as I love our civilization, I love humanity. I love all the cool shit we build. I love how we are able to work together. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, guys, mm-hmm. we we can do this in a f- better way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't have to be this soul sucking, mm-hmm. depressing. Yeah, everyone's always into these like quick and easy solutions that benefits one person, but they never think about what we could do to benefit everybody exactly and it's like i i think like it's funny because then people always say oh it's rich people's fault you know like it's the billionaires they they hoard all the money they don't want to spend it they don't want to give it to anybody and like i think it was the the world food organization or whoever distributes the food or like tries to deal with world hunger and they were like oh yeah like if if rich people just donated a you know small percentage of their wealth we could fix it and so elon was like okay show me the plan and i'll give you the money and watch they they haven't said anything no and it just they're goes like show oh you, it's like it's not a money problem it's a people problem it's, it's, just a, it's people. a mindset problem you know what i mean and it's For like sure. how our economies are structured mm-hmm. is not to make food accessible to everybody mm-hmm. how is that financially viable to mm-hmm. you know it, it doesn't help the economy if everybody gets to eat yep exactly it's like i don't there was this um a person who I, I forget their name but they um create these jokes of like what it's like to explain our society to people like to a uh, alien for example yeah 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 and i'm like yeah it makes no sense like <laughs> this is kind of stupid but here we are just trying to live not to pay these damn bills <laughs> but just to exist just in to paradise exist. exactly uh, I pray for us. I, I honestly do hope, though. I, I feel like there's a shift, a gradual shift. It's it's happening. I just, I pray our generation doesn't give up the fight and reaches that point where they also are forced to grow up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like now, well, we're too busy with other shit to mm-hmm. realize, like, we were trying to change this. So we exactly. didn't have to live this way anymore. And it's not to say, like, we need to destroy the entire society because there's a lot of it that works it's just there's a lot that doesn't work or mm-hmm. needs to be tweaked or is being corrupted that we need to be like no no honey i feel like the whole decentralized movement will get us there because one person can't run the ship because clearly that's it's, it hasn't been working, working. like <laughs> it's not like someone this needs to one figurehead Mm-hmm. yeah exactly this this man yeah exactly management we we got a problem here this not working but mm-hmm. it's like a mindset shift because i feel like so many people get like value out of the identities that they form around who they are yep that like if you tell them that that doesn't mean anything 
they're defensive like your your ego is triggered and yeah, like you want to defend against that because it's like for, for you to say oh yeah being the president ain't shit it doesn't mean anything to be the president you're killing so many people's like hopes and dreams and exactly. like, that's their whole like meaning of life mm-hmm. yeah i know there's there's so many different things anytime you break something down there's bound to be a lot of people who are like but wait a minute i've I've been working for this and I'm almost there and you mean to tell me that now I can't do this anymore like I feel bad there's like five-year-olds like I'm gonna become the president of the United States and I'm like I'm sorry sweetie. that was me bro I thought I, <laughs> I, want, I thought I, I thought I wanted that job and I mm-hmm. low-key am glad I could never be the president of the United States because look uh-huh. at what it did to Obama poor dude was I know young and thriving and now he Grayed him, aged him. I was just about to say, again. yeah, the gray hair man. Ooh, shout out to Michelle sticking beside him. <laughs> yeah, because I could only imagine being tested by these people. Because I'm sure behind closed doors, I would be like, "I'm Fuck quitting." This. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I can't, I can't deal with these people anymore. Like, what the hell? And all they have to say is bad things about me in the news. Mm-hmm. I cannot anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm quitting. That's how Witty. I always feel. Like when I used to do, um, when I was a tutor in the afternoons and I would teach kids, it just it made me look at how other teachers were teaching them. And every day I wanted to quit. I was like, I can't do this. I can't keep fixing other teachers' mistakes. Exactly. And exactly. then and oh my god, and those kids they hate you. You know, no kids like teachers. It's so difficult for them to like it you. It is because you're 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 forcing them to do something. To do they just something. Play. Exactly. And you're telling them I need you to sit down and pay attention because mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach you stuff so you can understand yep. the chaos happening around you that you're exactly. ignorant to right now. Yep. And it's so difficult. Like, how do you yeah. explain that to a kid? But you know, I created a system that the kids liked. You know, and that's what I love about teaching is kind of like breaking that. But my God, I feel felt bad every day being like, "All right, um, we had fun. Now you got to sit down. Sorry." Yeah. Um, and they look at I've you got like, "I've to really? indoctrinate you now." <laughs> yeah. They're like five more minutes. I'm like, "That's what you said ten minutes ago." So, <laughs> I I can't. I ugh, no. <laughs> I mean, it just say you have must have tremendous patience to teach the youngins because Ooh, yeah, that ain't easy. It's a lot. I teach my little brother and you know, he's great. He's so sweet. But oh my God, does it take a whirlwind of patience? And like what I show on social media, I'm so glad everybody likes it because it's just the the only good five minutes that I show. <laughs> and the, the rest is a struggle. And I don't even get a chance to record the struggle. And I should probably start doing that so people can see. Because, my God, this little dude, if he doesn't want to do something, he'll be like, why? Like, It doesn't make sense. I'm like, I and agree. The thing is, is like, how do you, exactly, you like, you also know it's bullshit. But you gotta exactly. be like, I'm, I, I know we both agree that this is shit. Yep. But we're going to have to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're going to have to sit down. And I know you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to either. But this is what we got to do. So, yeah, I'm trying to help you out here. I know you don't see it now. Yeah. But in the future, you will thank me. Man, like, and I'll home, he's homeschooled. So, like, he doesn't get to go out and play and stuff. But it's for his own benefit, learning-wise. And then I think about how I felt when I was homeschooled when I was little. And I think about, like, how did I feel? Like, I get exactly why he feels the way he does. It's, there's benefits to it. But it can be exhausting in the sense of being, like, you're always home 
Yeah, I guess I'm going to ask, like, so how is it actually being homeschooled? Like, I guess, do you feel like it is? Because I feel like the argument when people say, like, oh, I don't want to homeschool my kid is like, oh, it'll affect their ability to make friendships or like have regular, like a a Mm -hmm. normal childhood being around other kids their age. I guess, like, as someone that has been homeschooled and like um, is homeschooling your brother now, like how how do you think that that has played out for you? Because I feel like you're phenomenal. So, (laughs) well, thank you. Um. I'd say that I started homeschooling when I got to St. Martin. I did LU for one year, and Good. then they did. Then they <laughs> they switched principals, and my dad was like, "Oh, why are we paying this much extra?" And he wouldn't say. So my dad was like, "I'm taking my kid out of school." And there was this after Miss Sue left. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was so, there then. Wait, yeah. I was there then. That's crazy. So left, and there. Um, there I was, all of a sudden, my parents come back from this meeting. They're like, you're not going back there. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, I didn't make this choice. I have friends there. So yeah. then they wanted to get me into different schools, but my mom didn't want me to be in a school that was um, religion-based. Um, and then they didn't want me to go to CIA because of the switch of um, educational system. Canadian. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So Hot they were mess. like, homeschooling then. I'm like, cool. So I was still going to dance in the afternoons because I dance like five, six days a week. But in the mornings, it was homeschooling and it ended up being okay. Um, It worked for me in Mm. my sense. I wish I had done a different homeschooling program. You know, Mm. like the program you choose affects how your school experience is as well. Um, But I'd say that being homeschooled was what's best for me because I... I didn't I wasn't good at socializing and the friends that I did have were you know like the only people that I would hold close to me and I don't if I was still going to school I would have probably gotten bullied more so I'd say like homeschooling in that sense it was great because then I was kind of protected from that and I gave myself time like to build myself up to like be ready for those moments mm. and all those things you know not everybody has to get like tortured to learn so yeah i feel you yeah, yeah so in that sense is good but homeschooling it has its downsides i don't think it affects any kid's personality in the way that they are socially i think mm. that that is just an internal like it's the kid that himself him or herself doesn't know how to be social and that would mm. have been a problem whether or not they were going to school but parents okay. don't look out for that if their kids are going to school. They think, ah, yeah. whatever, they're going to school. I don't, they don't pay attention to that. They only look yeah. when a kid is homeschooled. Then every, because you see it as a downside, right? So everyone starts thinking, oh, she's homeschooled. So we have to make sure um, she's social. We have to make sure that she does this. We have to make sure that she does that. But when you send mm. a kid off to school, you're not thinking about that. You're just like, yeah, she's social. She's out. She's this. She's that. It's all assumptions, but you really don't know. That's such a valid point because, yeah, you're right. There are introverts, whether you go to regular school or you go to homeschool. Like, mm-hmm. you'll be shy regardless of that fact. Exactly. Low key, now that I'm thinking back to my childhood, I'm like low key because my, like, low key, like, literally when Ms. Suchin, my mom also was considering taking me out of LU mm-hmm. because she was like, the work was too easy for me and they weren't like really challenging me. And I was super curious and I, my mom wanted me to pretty much have the resources to be my best self. She mm-hmm. was my number one champion. Like she was always there fighting for me in the school. The and I love her for that. And 
she was gonna put me like yeah in saint dominic's to do like the whole ib track um but they didn't have space and she was like how could you not have space like she's freaking brilliant like why wouldn't Mm -hmm. you but anyways and so then i ended up being stuck at lu and i agree it's definitely a traumatic educational experience which is unfortunate i think yeah i would hope that this there are teachers there that are fantastic and they actually care about your education and they you know want the best for you but there Mm -hmm. are also faculty that really just want to be all up in your business and it's like can you grow the hell up adult that you say you are and Mm -hmm. like stop macoing in children's lives like to feel better about yourself and like your parenting skills like shit exactly this is not what school is about exactly and i feel like school is really like lets you know how someone really behaves and it it's difficult with education because it brings out or it puts to light not brings out it puts to light the problems that kids do face whether it be at Mm. home or whether it be in the school or with themselves and you know i see it all the time is that a kid is going to school and because they're not going according to how everyone wants them to go there's now a problem problem. exactly and um i remember in my report cards they would be like devony's really good except for when she does this and Mm. devony's really great except for when she does this and i realized it was really consistent and my mom did too but my mom was such a like my daughter's amazing type of mom yeah i love her for it so she was like these people are stupid they don't know you (laughs) so exactly i'd never take it that way but then um when she had my little brother and he got diagnosed with autism she was like hmm so it's autism but i didn't i don't know he's so much like my daughter and then the doctor's like really so maybe <laughs> you don't think that and she's the like yeah, I, fall far yeah. From the tree. yeah. <laughs> so, um and then i got diagnosed with um autism only last year actually but i had the um a lot of evaluations before that but I never went through the process to get diagnosed because it just didn't seem like a priority. You know, I was yeah. si- I was like 16 and a therapist was like, yeah, you have autism, but you need to get officially diagnosed. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, it's cool. It, it doesn't seem yeah. like, but I have bigger fish to fry. Okay. I'm trying yeah. to go to carnival. Like my priorities are not there right now. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, and that was a pin in that. Well, we'll come back to that later. Exactly. I was like, no, I'm trying to get a boyfriend right now. Like I, I have bigger things in my life. Yeah. That, that was my priority. And then, so only last year I got diagnosed and yeah, it was so weird to kind of see it on paper. And then I guess like how, like, I guess how would you explain autism to people that don't understand or aren't autistic mm. as someone that now identifies as having autism on like because I I feel like it's different for every person yeah. right so it's mm-hmm. like I guess like how would you explain how it shows up for you in like your human experience yeah I mean autism in general is just your brain um, is wired a different way and your sensory is completely off in my mm-hmm. case especially like there's so many different things that I'm sensitive to with all of my senses which is wonderful mm. so um if I touch something that's really textured, my skin will swell. And that's like mm. a symptom of my autism. Or when I flush the toilet, I close my ear because I can't deal with the noise. Um, mm. When I open the blinds, I squeeze my eyes really tightly closed so that I can feel better about that. And um, if there's really loud music, I have to like close my ears for maybe a good like 10 minutes and then I'll be used to it. 
Mm, okay. So it's just those things. But then, you know, I guess the difficult part of the diagnosis for me was learning that I'm my the reason, yeah, I have anxiety and depression is because of my autism. Mm. So it's kind of frustrating to get that diagnosis because it lets you know that you're going to have these depression swings and anxiety and all of that. And sometimes it's not going to have a reason. It's just going to be your autism. And that was mm. really frustrating because I went really to my therapist to get diagnosed for depression and anxiety. And I was like, I know exactly where it's coming from. Don't worry. Let me tell you. And I broke it down and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so let's talk about that other thing you said. And yeah, he was like, you're going to have these depressive moments like anybody else has, but it's not going to be pinpointed to a situation. So mm. I used to think if I fix that situation, my depression yeah. would be gone. And then yeah. he's like, no, it won't. I'm like, oh, that's nice. So that was frustrating for me and everybody else has autism differently like my brother he's autistic and he has adhd so mm. he's super social and he's super hyper and he just wants to talk to everybody and i was the opposite i was like i don't need to talk to you don't touch me i don't like being touched all like so i was like mm, nope it's okay yeah didn't even want to look at people and you know but my mom was like that's just how she is and she would defend me on it, so I never felt ashamed, you know? Someone yeah. would be like, why Why doesn't she um, look at me when she's talking? And my mom is so, I feel like she's a bully sometimes. She's like, maybe you're ugly. Like, <laughs> damn, I don't think that's the reason. But my mom would defend me no matter what, you know? So I never that's felt- awesome, though. Yeah, that's I awesome. love it. I never felt weird about it. I was like, yeah, mom, maybe he is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> A little kid. Yeah. So, no. I don't know. Autism, it really, it's definitely beautiful. Um, and it's the reason why I am the way I am. And I really am very much in love with myself. And Yeah. But it's I mean, just. You're a beautiful soul, man. There's lots to love. It. You know? Yeah. So, it, it made me love myself even more because it made it easier for me to understand myself. A lot of people don't like yeah. the labels. And, yeah. you know, I don't let it define me, but it helps me answer some questions sometimes, you know, it's yeah. about the conversation with myself. I really yeah. don't care how others feel, but it's so that I can go home and know, okay, this happened because of this. Yeah. Now I know how to process that information. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really just like helping yourself have that narrative so you can be kinder to yourself because otherwise mm -hmm. you'll just be frustrated like why am i feeling this way and i'm trying to fix all of these things and it's not making me feel any better yeah. and i just want to fix this but now exactly. you have an answer so you can be like oh, okay this is why i feel this way and yeah. so now i know to be kinder to myself in this mm -hmm. moment because it's like i know this is how i feel and this is just who i am and i have to be yeah. okay with that because this is the the life that i have and exactly Man, so awesome. many times we're like talking about how we need to be kind to other people, which is so true, but we got to be kind to ourselves first, you know, we like really a, do. a lot of times we're so hard on ourselves and then we easily project that energy onto others. Exactly. And man, we just got to be kind to ourselves. We wake up every day. We feed ourselves every day. We, we basically trying to keep a human body alive. And then and people barely feed themselves correctly too today. Exactly. Ugh. 
me right here i don't <laughs> like, i feel you same oh I'm, my god I'm, like, I'm part of that group of with yeah the problems. Yep. like my i'll tell my friend honestly yeah. like my friend will be like oh i have a stomach ache i'm like you shouldn't eat so many carbs i say as i have like my fifth garlic bread today and i'm like like it's <laughs> hypocrite speaking but yeah i'm just saying i'm telling you the advice i i need to follow but exactly. you know I, I'm telling it to you, imperfect mm-hmm. people, but it's, I think it's, it's adorable. And it's interesting because I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm so hard on myself because I, I expect that perfectionism because it's like, mm-hmm. I'm striving to be this mm-hmm. version of myself that I want to be her so badly mm-hmm. that it's like, I'm trying to be her. And it's like, sometimes in that process, I get angry at myself today when it's like sweetie like you're on a journey mm-hmm. it's you got to be kind to yourself because it's yeah. not you're not always going to be at your peak you're not always going to feel motivated you're not always going to want to be creative mm-hmm. and that is okay like you have to ride those ebbs and flows because like that is a part of that that human experience that's yeah. like what makes you be a human and you know it's in- interesting that we get like our ego wants to get mad at what is humanness mm-hmm really it's makes no sense it it really doesn't but it's like to have that inner awareness so that when you have those conversations with yourself that you recognize and you're like oh that's what that is okay okay like now we can be we can we can we can deal with that like we Mm -hmm. we can work around that now that we know we've identified it we can we can work to fix that or we can work to make room for that create space for that you know instead of just being like why are you this way mm-hmm. and then you're just like all that anger and frustration mm-hmm. burns more energy and then yeah, you feel the even constant more judgment mm-hmm. yeah and you feel even more just like Ugh. uh-huh exactly that like I, I i can't it's a lot it's so much and then i don't know then also painting this narrative where it's like you need to be a certain way in order to also yeah. involve yourself in any type of relationship whether it's your friend or a partner like you tell yourself, I can't be friends with this person right now because I'm doing this and this and this. So you're just going to go through that alone. Like it's all about being transparent. Like, yeah, cool. Have no friends, no partners, no nothing. And just try to figure yourself out alone, I think is the worst pl- way to do it. You know, at the end of the day, we need support. Like, yeah, need you, need support. Su- you need the support. And maybe you end up being the villain in their story. And that's okay. You know, you just got to understand that you go in with the correct motives then everything is okay you know mm-hmm. don't willingly Intention go in there is key. Exactly. Exactly. exactly before someone hears this don't willingly go in there and be like i'm going to be a bitch cuz i'm doing bad <laughs> no <laughs> just yeah like, exactly be like okay i know i'm in a bad place mm-hmm. maybe we should just be quiet today maybe we yeah. should practice listening exactly. you know maybe we don't talk today maybe we just we let other people talk. We let other people have mm-hmm. space to to show up when we're mm-hmm. not feeling as as great. Exactly. Yeah. We can't isolate ourselves every single time we don't feel good. It it just doesn't work that way. I did that. One of my friends told me like maybe a couple weeks ago. Like, excuse me, you know you have friends, right? It's like, <sighs> I do. I had no idea. Thank you. <laughs> so I know because like I'm always in the narrative. I don't have friends. I'm a loner. Nobody likes me. You know, well, not to say nobody likes me, but it's like nobody understands me Mm -hmm. the way that I understand me so I always think people think I'm weird or that I'm crazy or that Mm -hmm. I'm you know awkward but it's like Harsha nobody thinks that about you okay no nobody thinks that about you you're just saying that crap in your head Mm -hmm. um but nobody feels that way yeah you're placing the judgment you 
project you have of yourself onto other people. You're like, anyways, yeah. that's how you feel, by the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and they're like, what? I, I don't even know you. I'm like, no, no, I know. That's exactly what you're, you just don't like me. No, yeah. I feel that. That's how I am. A lot of the yeah. time. And it's like, I think also like having expectations that people are going to treat you the way you want them to treat you when like <laughs> you don't even realize like what the hell is even going on in their head. Mm-hmm. And you're judging them because you're like, well, you didn't treat me the way that I hoped you would. So you must hate me. And so mm-hmm. that's why we are not friends. You must hate me because you didn't uh, treat me the way I wanted you to. Yeah. And so that means so now every time I see you, I'm going to have this assumption in my head which is mm-hmm. going to like, affect every conversation we have because now I'm thinking you hate me when like literally maybe you just weren't feeling great that day <laughs> exactly or that also like works perfectly well into like learning that like caring you need to learn to care for someone how they will feel like cared and loved for you can't like yeah. love somebody the way that you want to be loved because what yeah. the fuck I don't got that ain't gonna work. Like you're exactly. not loving you. You're 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 loving exactly. a person. Get to know them. And that's the one I think biggest flaws in a lot of relationships is when they're like, um, well, my girlfriend, you know, like she like I don't get it. She doesn't love me. And I'm sh- giving her all this love. I'm like, no, no, no. No. You're giving her the love you think yeah. she needs. Yeah. And that's because no one is not no one a lot of people are not taking the time to get to know one another to really understand what do they need in order to feel mm-hmm. fulfilled in this like, relationship exactly. Exactly. exactly it's that and then you get mad because you're like shit they, they're not they're i'm giving i'm giving them what i think I, they want and they're mm-hmm. not giving me what i want so they mm-hmm. must be a shitty partner so i have mm-hmm. to dump them mm-hmm. because they're they're obviously not the one sometimes obviously. it's just about having a conversation precisely like, you, you know you can talk about how you f- feel like this isn't going good and why it isn't going good without breaking up you know a lot of people are like well it's not going good so end it time just to end it, it. But, you gotta know cut like, the string yep because they're gonna hurt me before i hurt them so we just gotta let's just we'll end this right here yep you know, just mm-hmm. it just Ridiculous. makes no sense i can't i that's how people work i guess you know i know and i just like fellow humans what is going on i wish i knew i wish i knew and i was explaining that to my mom and she was like oh okay well so so you don't like it when i buy you this and i'm like really that's what you that's what you took from this Like, I'm telling you how I like to be loved. Why are you getting, like, taking it as a personal, like, failure? Like, I'm just yeah. trying to tell you. It's like, what so what I about like? that time I did this? And, like, no, let's not go we're back not, in the we're, past. We're, let's we're, just exactly. learn. Let's learn going forward. But it's, like, it's hard because you need to first realize, like, what do you really like? Like, how do you mm-hmm. like to be loved? How do you like to be rewarded? And, like, yep. most people don't know mm-hmm. really how they like to be loved. Exactly. And so it's, like... Well, then shit, like, how do you expect someone to love you if you don't even know how you like to be loved? Exactly. Like it, what do you feel like, like you setting need? the relationship up for failure. Exactly. Exactly. Once you do all of that, then you wonder, like, oh, they just didn't understand me. I'm like, okay, well, tell me about yourself. Well, I don't know. Okay. Like, I don't. <laughs> You're supposed to know. You're, you love yeah. me, right? You should know. You should read my mind. You should know everything. Oh, my That's God. That's why you love me, right? Like, you know me, right? Yeah. This isn't that the... 
And it's I love ridiculous. you for those abilities. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I love you because I know how to read minds. That's exactly yeah. why. That's how Honestly, it, it does not work like that. It no. really does not work like that. If it but did, I think I'd be in love with a lot of people. Like <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I'm curious. So like I love like so when I first found out about you, it was like when you were creating like all of your fashion projects and oh. you were like being your own muse and mm-hmm. girl, you were out here creating all them patterns and I'm low-key trying to keep up with you. Like <laughs> I like I so it's like I I learned to sew one summer when I was here in Seattle and I was like super into it and I I love the idea like because I I love fashion but my issue with the fashion industry is everything is fast fashion and it's like that is what is toxic Mm -hmm. you know because like manufacturing um fabrics and materials is very unsustainable you know Mm -hmm. just in the world that we live and I felt like we we all have this you know like I love the fashion houses because they're they're creating pieces that are different you know that mm-hmm. are really count you know not like your mainstream clothes and I love that and I I wanted to be a part of that but I realized like to do that then you have to start manufacturing clothes and then it creates mm-hmm. this again like whole unsustainable industry mm-hmm. and I was like well I feel like the solution to this is if everybody just made their own clothes like what yep. if we all were our own designers you know and I was so inspired by your work because I was like damn like look at this girl she knows her patterns like I'm trying to figure (laughs) out how to make these damn patterns of my own clothes and like Mm -hmm. how do I even measure myself correctly and how do I like I have like this vintage sewing machine but I need like a more modern one because this one's cold and all it's cute but I don't I need to figure out like how to stitch you know how to create my stitches correctly and like that is my goal one day is to be able to create my own clothes just for me to wear like functionally mm-hmm. just shit that's comfortable that yeah. I can just live my life in and like I can wear and I can fix it myself and I don't mm-hmm. need to just throw it away but I'm curious like what got you on your like or like how do you even come up with the types of projects that you work on because all of them are amazing and I'm always inspired and low-key because of you I started making candles too and I'll show oh. you one that I made <laughs> oh it's like with right recycled because I was like I can't, I'm in America, so like, shit, I can't even buy the candle. But I was like, you know what, Harsha, you have all these jars. Why don't you make candles just like her? Yeah. You can go make your own candles. Go make your own and candles. I did. And I was like, but I'm like, low-key, like, girl, how do you get your candles to not hole in the middle? I'm like, as someone has tried to do it themselves, <laughs> I'm like, shit, like, this girl really had to go through experimentation uh-huh. to figure out how to get these candles to set properly. Yep. And like, people don't realize all the work that goes into this. And this is me just from afar, like looking at you and being so inspired to create myself. And so I'm just like, I, I want to learn like what, how do you, how did you get into it and like figure out your process and mm-hmm. go through that like, whole like experimentation and, and all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was going to this art program maybe when I first got to Curacao because my mom was like, you're not going to stay home all day. Not. Mm-mm. So you're going to go do something. And I was like, oh, OK, well, that sucks. So I did this art program. It was not for me, um, really. I was in it for two years, but uh, I got I learned a lot out of it in the sense of what I don't like and do like and all those things. But after that, I realized like I didn't like anything that was in my portfolio. So I started working on my portfolio and while I was working on it, I was like, I should just start posting what I'm working on because it may, it just, it wasn't resonating with me to just post a selfie of myself and call it a day. You know, Mm. I felt like I had a lot more to give. Um, I had all these things I would write. Sometimes I would go on rants and I was like, I might as well turn that rant into a project, you know, and make it more useful. 
So everything that I would write, depending on whatever it was, I used to say, like, I would go on my rampage. And then from my rampage, I'd pull a visual and try to figure out, like, the first one that I did had to do with birth control. Mm. And then I just kept going. And I was, like, challenging myself with being like, okay, I'm going to create a project and it's going to be in one color theme so that I wouldn't get stuck making the same thing. So I was like, this is green. Okay, it's going to be pink. It's going to be blue. I just kept going until I ran out of colors. And then I stopped um, to then when I when I've been telling myself whenever I feel like I'm getting comfortable is when I got to change. So I started Which to get the comfortable. opposite of what everybody else does. Like, yeah. Like, if I'm comfortable, we're going to stay right here. <laughs> like, this is what we need. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, ooh, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm going to stop. So I stopped, rebranded myself, and I just started creating projects spontaneously. Because the ones that I was making, I would have done. And then two months later, I would post it. And everything was so like, you know, everything was so thought out. And I took my time with everything. And then after that, I was like, okay, I've let me start trying to figure out how to do things without concepts. So I started creating clothes without concepts and just posting and posting and posting. Mm-hmm. And the only rule I gave myself was maybe to post three times a week or two times a week, something like that. And then when I got comfortable doing that, I changed. And now it's where I am now with just branding myself better and giving myself the room to do whatever I'd like to do and switch up however I'd like to switch up. Um, but staying true to my brand, which is just myself. And yeah. I realized that that worked really well for me and is working really well for me in a sense of, you know, like trying to show my imperfections and all of those things and my work. And I don't know, I, I was doing all of this, but I wasn't letting anybody know what I was doing for work. So I was like, no, I'm shy. And now I'm like, no, I do brand designing. So I might as well get that out there and get some more clients while I'm at it. and. Now here I am, teaching Crushing a course. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I love here. it. I'm, I'm teaching the it. people, sharing mm-hmm. the knowledge, which I think is so beautiful because it's like you found something that you loved, and now you realize like, well, this is something that other people would love to do too, mm-hmm. and you could share what you've learned in like all of this time that you've been learning and growing and experimenting. You can now teach others so mm-hmm. that they can also create. You know, and I mean. I guess like so when you're thinking about like brands, what what are like what is your thought process when it comes to like having to create a brand or mm-hmm. or just like the fundamentals of what's important to a brand? Because I feel like especially like in the marketing culture of brands, a lot of it is like how you feel when you think about that brand or like what it represents, mm-hmm. um, the insight, the the human psyche that that it's triggering. Uh, but it, it's it's like it's something that's so like elusive but you we all understand it when you get it right mm-hmm. if that makes sense like it's something that it's hard to yeah explain but like once you found it you know you found the right yeah thing, exactly you know? that's why when we say is like branding anything um you know yeah you got to start with your brand identity but your brand identity is your gut feeling and mm. you should be able to identify that gut feeling in at least three sentences and that's when you know it's solid if you have to over explain um something that you're doing maybe you're not really sure about it or you don't feel confident about it so it has to be a strong gut feeling is what i always tell my clients you know they're like um i'm doing this and i guess i like doing this but i'm not sure i'm like no it's your gut feeling 
what would you do if everything was perfect is always what mm. I say like it's the perfect world your ideal world what we do first and they always know what to say because there's always that one desire that we don't really reach for because we're scared so mm-hmm. it's just that and you have your brand identity brand image you know your brand identity is how um you want to be perceived and your brand image is how the audience perceives you and mm. they go hand in hand you know like yeah sure we shouldn't care about how people feel about us but we should care about those consumers especially if you're selling a product how do those consumers feel about that your brand image is going to affect your brand identity um okay great they don't really like that so what else can we look for in our brand identity that will balance that out yeah you clearly spent a lot of time thinking about all of this stuff which is awesome to see because i love people that just I love it when it's like kind of you you find that thing that you're obsessed with and you really mm-hmm. just strive for it. Because I feel like there's so many people that just settle at mediocrity and it just, as someone that <laughs> strives for like my own level of perfection, it just makes me so upset to see when people settle. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, like we're just falling short of greatness. Yeah. And it's like, life is so short. Like, why would you ever settle for less than greatness? Like, mm-hmm. like why would you ever want to waste your time working on something that's just eh? Mm-hmm. it's just mediocre exactly. you know you're not you're not super passionate about it but you know it'll get the job done like mm-hmm. i'm just like why why that's to me if, if it's not like a hard yes then it's like no nah, like screw it clearly exactly. it's not the right thing put your energy somewhere else exactly. try something else mm-hmm. but i will say like it's interesting that you consider yourself shy because from the outside I would assume you're very confident. Like, yeah. like even to be the model of like your own pieces, I think takes so much confidence, you know? And like, I'm curious, like how do you show up as so confident? Like when within you, you like sometimes consider yourself shy. Cause like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, I would think you look like a very confident, um, well-rounded and very like, all, like knowing an intentional mm-hmm. creator. I think that what makes me shy is, um, uh, I get really fearful about people's opinions and See. or my own overthinking about like, yeah. oh my God, they looked at you three seconds longer than they did last time. Something's wrong. You know, like all yeah. of that. But I got this confidence because I know how shy I am. Like I worked on my confidence mm-hmm. because I was like, I need to be like strong within myself. If not, I'm not going to be able to make it out there making a, a simple conversation or even with my work and you know just being like okay I couldn't I had these project ideas and I was like maybe I'll photograph people but I was too shy to photograph people so I was like I'll just photograph myself and then (laughs) I photographed myself and I was like this is great because it's helping me build confidence in myself and my ideas and so it was a win-win situation and you know I go to social events if I know that at least two people I know are going to be there, you know. Mm. Um, But the minute I know it's crowded, I'm not going to be there. You're not going to see me. Like (laughs) I'll be at home. I will look at it through Instagram, like, you know, but I canceled. Yeah, cute. You guys had fun. It was so fun. Sorry I could make it. Just so busy. I'm like eating potato chips. Like it's... (laughs) watching from afar like yeah Yeah. yeah, looks looks cool looks good Mm -hmm. yeah that's funny i guess like so 
how can people that like wanna wanna like learn about your next project or like they they wanna keep up with all the amazing things that you do follow your journey or like support your journey or if they they want to buy some of your merch i mean do you sell your fashion pieces or just no but i'm getting there i'm getting okay 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 (laughs) it's just um no so you know follow me no dev skyler well dev underscore skyler and then i have my business where i would be selling everything and that's sweet as honey dot ds so ah i love it I love it. I, I love, love it. it. No, I love, I love like like the story even behind Sweet as Honey is so beautiful. Like I'm just in awe. I'm like yeah. honestly, like I'm a fan. Like I'm just like, damn, this girl is so cool. Like, uh, <laughs> like can I talk to her? Like she's she's so cool. Uh and yeah, like a fellow Renaissance woman, like I can just hug you now, you know, like virtually. Like I love that. I love, I love a, a I love hug. another Renaissance woman. Yeah, that's so awesome. Because I literally I have to I've never met anybody else that define themselves this way and I always felt alone like an other because I well, was now like, yeah, like, I not. see myself I'm not and that's awesome and I hope more people mm-hmm. realize that you can be a renaissance man or woman and you don't have to confine yourself to one box because life is colorful the mm-hmm. rainbow comes in a spectrum yes life is the same way mm-hmm. we should live it up we really should Thanks for listening to this episode of The Chatterbox. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review. Follow us on Instagram at the.chatterbox for teasers and updates.